Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Virginia and I are so excited to be back and yeah. to be talking with you on a regular basis because, um, you know, we took a couple of months off this summer to take care of some family things and some things for our own churches, and it just was a great break, but we missed you all very much. Yes, absolutely. When we were planning for this next series of podcast episodes, we were trying to think about things that would be most helpful. And one of the topics that we continue to come back to is that our heart for our podcast is to be able to meet you where you are, to be able to share things that we have learned. And we thought, what better episode topic could there be than to just kind of start off with, help, I'm suddenly the preschool minister and I don't know what I'm doing kind of <laughs> advice. This sort of was plopped into my lap. Someone said, hey, you're responsible for this now. What do I do? Because that happens so much more than we think. I mean, it's wonderful when there are people who feel called into preschool ministry and done that early in their lives. But the surprising thing is that most of the preschool ministers that I have worked with over the years have been wonderfully faithful volunteers Mm -hmm. whose pastor has just come to them one day and said, I feel like God is leading you to be our preschool minister, to be our preschool director. And um, they're just sort of handed this responsibility without having a lot of experience. And so, so Dr. Virginia and I today just wanted to share with you just a little bit of advice, a little bit of hope, and a little bit of practical advice for some things that you can focus on during those first few months of being the director of a preschool ministry. And so that was kind of where our heart is today. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I was just sort of reflecting on this, like, okay, like if I'm having a conversation with someone, what is the first thing that I'm going to say? I'm going to say, breathe, breathe. (laughs) You will be okay. God has placed you exactly where you are for this season for a purpose. And so it can definitely seem very overwhelming walking into a new ministry role, especially one that maybe you hadn't planned on. Mm -hmm. Um, But God has got you here for a purpose, for a reason, and he's going to walk with you through this season. I will also say that I have talked with many preschool ministers and I've had the same situation myself where that very first day when you're sitting in your office and you're looking at this ministry that's been handed to you, whether it's one that you've been involved with for many years before in other capacities or whether you have just been hired on at a, a new church ministry for you and you're walking in for the first time, it can be overwhelming no matter how much experience you've had because it isn't, it's a brand new ministry. It's a, it's, and, and it always comes with a lot of, 
a lot of baggage, a lot of situations that are there that you have to figure out how to deal with. So it, it can be overwhelming no matter what type of experience you have or how old you are or how many years you've been doing this. Absolutely. And I was wanting to share um, a verse as well. And so this is a verse um, that just in reading in my personal quiet time that I came across and just really struck me as something that I wanted to pray for my church and for my ministries. And it's Acts 931. Um, And so it's, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. And so whenever I'm praying through this scripture for my church and for my ministry, I'm praying, you know, okay, Lord, not just my church, but the churches in my area, the churches in my community, I pray that, that we would have peace that we would be strengthened. I pray that our churches, our leaders, and our members would live in the fear of the Lord and that we would be encouraged by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that our church would increase in numbers because we are sharing the gospel and reaching people for Christ. And so that's something that I pray in my personal quiet time for my church, for my ministry, um, just a way that, that I pray the Lord's words back to him you know, for his will to be done on earth through my church and through my ministry. So that's powerful words right there. Yeah. I I think that feeds really well into probably the first thing that I usually say to new leaders is that you cannot discount the importance of prayer and growing in your personal spiritual life. And I've had so many that will tell me, but I just don't have time to do a Bible study myself, or I don't have time to spend in this way because of the pressures of the ministry, because there are always going to be things to do. You know, we've talked about that so many times that there is never a downtime when it comes to Kidman ever. The next thing's always cycling in. Always going to be, there's always going to be someone vying for your time. There's always going to be a project that you have to be working on and something you're preparing constantly. It never stops. And so if you're waiting to get caught up or to get organized before you have a specific prayer time and your own personal Bible study and those types of things, it's never going to happen. But one of the things that I think I've learned the most over the years is that God will provide almost a supernatural productivity for us when we are bathed in his word and we spend time in prayer, Mm -hmm. everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. have to carve out for that time and let God help us to be able to accomplish everything that we feel like we need to accomplish because to be able to lead families and children in their spiritual lives, we have to be grounded well in our own. And that's something that I took for granted way too many years. And so I think that that's a really important first step is to not take that for granted. Amen. And it's like, we need to be we need to tune our hearts to God's heart. And the way that we do that is through spending time with him in prayer and in his word. And the more we are in tune with him through Mm -hmm. that time spent, the more, just like what you're saying, like he directs our steps throughout our day. He gives us wisdom and discernment on how to allocate our time and energy and resources. And so Mm -hmm. he 
puts just that, just like what you said, supernatural productivity. And I yeah. pray for that a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I do oh, too. Jesus, I do supernatural too. Supernatural productivity today, you know, just direct my yes. steps and show me where to go and where to spend my time and energy yeah. and efforts. And so sometimes it's on surprising things that may not have originally been on our agenda, but mm-hmm. I mean, he directs us to what needs to be done for the kingdom. He so. really, really does. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the amazing thing is that I find that when I do get caught up in everything that needs to be done and I am, you know, not taking the time in his word and taking time in prayer, I slowly find myself spiraling. Mm -hmm. Like that's when the panic sets in more, the indecision happens more, that stress overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. And so I get so Mm -hmm. much less done Mm -hmm. because I am spiraling in this, you know, emotional situation so much more because I haven't grounded myself in the truth of God. Well, you word. know what? Let me share one of my other verses that yeah. I pray. <laughs> so I hadn't planned on it, but this goes with it well. Um, and this was another one that I read recently in my quiet time and just sort of mm-hmm. added to my little list. Yeah. Um, Psalm 86, 11, teach me your ways, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. Yeah. And so I feel like so often we have that divided mind with fear, anxiety, doubts, worries, whatever. But Lord, teach me to know your ways through your word, through Mm -hmm. prayer, and I will live by your truth. Mm -hmm. Because just because it's our fears, worries, and anxieties, a lot of times those aren't the truth. Those are lies lies from Satan. Right. And so give me an undivided mind to fear your name to where I am wholly focused on you know, the Lord's will and what he wants to do and not my, my fears. That's what Satan, I mean, that's how Mm -hmm. he really slows our ministries down Mm -hmm. is by making us doubt the truth of -hmm. God's word. And so we have to be so grounded in his word that we know the truth. And that's the reason why, if you look around my office right now, you see a billion post-it notes with a million different little verses on them, because it's the idea of reminding myself when I hear those lies that I can look and immediately see truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, you know, second Timothy tells us that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. but he's given us the power, love and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so remembering that fear is not from God. Mm-hmm. but that he has given us the tools that we need to be able to move forward in his ministry, even when we fear. And I think that that is one of the greatest things that slow us down is that fear and letting those lies just play in our heads. And then we get overwhelmed and then we mm-hmm. aren't able to accomplish anything. We have to remember that we are not responsible for all of the spiritual growth of the children in our ministry. We are partnering with parents to lay a foundation for kids to have a relationship with God. And so it is God that is doing that work in them. It is their parents that are um, laying that foundation. And our responsibility for as the church is to partner with parents to be able to help families Get I'm alongside them. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's we're we our responsibility is to provide age suitable Bible based opportunities to fit the needs of the families that are in 
our community. And that's not mm-hmm. going to look the same everywhere. And if you start playing the comparing game, mm-hmm. that goes nowhere fast. Right. You know, what the church down the street is doing, what the, what your mentor's church is doing, what, mm-hmm. you know, what the church on Instagram is doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, is not what God has for your church in your community necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we are looking at our church and, and finding what is going to best meet the needs of mm-hmm. our families and the people yeah. that we have. And so not putting so much responsibility on your shoulders mm-hmm. that you feel like you have to do everything because you can't, mm-hmm. but remembering that God is working through you to meet mm-hmm. the needs of the families. And, and so that's what our, our primary responsibility is. And even if parents come in with that expectation of, oh, I brought my kids to you, like you're the one that teaches them all the God stuff, like that, even if that's parents' expectations, that is still not the right expectation. That is not the biblical expectation. That is not God's model for family and the discipleship of children. And so... Well, even if other people try to put those expectations on, it's still oh, no, not the no, right no. thing. <laughs> it's not the right thing. And mm-hmm. and I think that that it was always part of the responsibility that I felt was to not just teach my kids. Yes. But also to teach families. Yes. That, you know, that, that we are working together mm-hmm. to do this and mm-hmm. to help train them to help them. Because so many parents would come and say, I just don't know what to do. So please do it. Yeah. And so I felt like that, you know, that that is, is part of my responsibility too, was to help parents see their role in a child's spiritual life and Mm -hmm. my role Mm -hmm. in the child's spiritual life and to be able to help them by working together. So we share some great ideas in, um, we already have episodes from season one about, um, parent child dedication. And so we share some ideas about starting from the very beginning when they're little babies, ways that we partner with parents. And then we have another episode on partnering with parents with lots of ideas and just practical tips and things that we've done that we've seen work well that you could consider. So we've got lots of ideas out there as well. So yes, Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and that's one of the things that I think that you need to realize as the person who is responsible for the oversight of your preschool ministry Mm -hmm. is that uh, you do have to have a vision for what God has called your ministry to be. You know, Mm -hmm. Proverbs 29, 18 says where there is no vision, the people will perish. And the idea is that we do have to have a goal that we are looking towards. We do have to Mm -hmm. have a mindset of we are developing a program here that is going to meet the needs of children from when they are born until they move into the children's ministry and, and Mm -hmm. have that vision that you have, but that doesn't come overnight and it doesn't Mm. happen in a couple of hours sitting down and writing out something. It takes time. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times the very first thing that I recommend for new preschool directors, preschool ministers to do is to start building relationships Amen. and create a team. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot do this job by yourself, period. Mm -hmm. End Mm -hmm. of story. Even if the church has told you, you know, if, if they, even because I have been in some situations where ministries have said, you know what, you receive a paycheck because you are on staff. So your primary responsibility is this and you do it all. 
that is not that is right. not a healthy philosophy for a church ministry or and it's for not you. the biblical model that we see we don't we didn't see jesus do it all he had yeah. disciples he had you know different circles of leaders yes i mean that's not yeah. what we see biblically either. Right. right. So. so I think that one of the best things that you can do as you begin your ministry is to start building relationships with people and bring people to come alongside you. Mm-hmm. Not only does that help you in that all the burden is not on your shoulders, but it helps give you a broader picture of the community of your church membership. It helps you to be able to see things that maybe you don't know because there are people that have been there maybe longer than you have, or they, they walk in different circles than you do. So they can give you insight, but also as you begin to evaluate your ministry and as you begin to make changes, because changes are going to come, you are going to make some decisions to make some changes. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things you can do is to have a committee of people, a group of people that are going to help you make those decisions. So that's not all on you. So that it doesn't just become Valerie made this call. It becomes Mm -hmm. our preschool team sat down together and looked at all the options and made this decision, knowing that ultimately you were the one responsible for the decisions Mm -hmm. that are made. But it also just gives you that little bit of a buffer so that you are not the only one thinking through every situation. And it gives you that support and encouragement Mm -hmm. that you're going to need. Amen. And we have lots of great episodes about, we have a a whole episode about recruiting key leaders. We have an episode about recruiting volunteers. So we do, we have other information as well about how we build these teams, um, how you identify the kind of people that would make a good key leader, like some, what some of those characteristics are, what you look for. And so, cause sometimes it's hard. It it just takes time to get to know people. Cause I, and I can say this being just about a year in um, at my current church, it just takes time to get to know people. Um, it takes time to build those relationships. It takes time and giving people different opportunities to serve and observing them just to kind of figure out like, okay, like who, you know, who loves this? Who's meh, you know, right, who, right. who's passionate about this? Who has this skill set? Well, and it's just so funny when you come in, because I can remember the last church that I was on staff, My I came in when it was really too late to be planning vacation Bible school, needing to plan mm-hmm. vacation Bible school. And mm-hmm. I can remember talking to a lady right before v- VBS started. And I we had been, you know, saying from the pulpit, you know, every week we need volunteers. We have these positions, all of this. And I can just remember this lady, you know, introduced herself to me and I, I said something to her and she said, well, I'm assuming you're good for VBS because you haven't asked me to do anything. And I, I'm literally, you know, saying to her, you know, I literally just met you. Like <laughs> I, I did know not you. know your name. I've, I've been here for three weeks. I did not even know your name. Oh, um, so, So people have expectations when you come into a ministry, you know, she just assumed that I would ask her if I needed her to do something because that's just the way they had always done it, but I didn't even know where to ask. And so building relationships takes time. You you know, you can't be expected to to know everybody the minute that you walk in the door, especially if this is new ministry for you. But, um, but building those relationships are a key part. And it's one of those reasons why I really encourage leaders to let their pastors know that they need to be in the church services as much as possible. Those first few weeks, especially 
They need to be at events, you know, special events that the church is having Mm -hmm. because you need Mm -hmm. to get to know people and you need to meet people. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm the preschool minister, so I'm just supposed to be with the kids. You, you can't you don't as get much to know as you adults. love kids and you no. want to, if you don't meet those adults, you are not going to bring in new volunteers. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to have enough people to be able to serve. Yeah. You have to be able to have the opportunity to meet people and get to know people. And so that's an important thing for you to let your leadership yeah. know, your pastor know, you know, your administrator know, I need to be able to meet people over these first few weeks so that I can build relationships. That's going to be key to my ministry. So I really always tell people, try not to make any changes in the first six months. Mm -hmm. If you possibly can keep from it, Mm -hmm. it, unless it's a safety and security issue. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, but I think that sometimes we come in excited and we want to bring all of these ideas and all of these new things in But honestly, if you do it too quickly, it can cause a culture shock Mm -hmm. within the families, Mm -hmm. within your church body. And it just gets overwhelming, not just for you, but for people that are getting to know you. And, and, And it also tends to kind of almost come off as you weren't doing things correctly before I came here. Now I'm going to fix everything that's wrong. And and so you, you don't want that to be your initial sense as much as you might want to bring in a certain curriculum or a certain event or change the way something is specifically done. I think it will benefit you best in the long run. If you can temper that back just a little bit, and say, just these first six months, I just want to get to know everyone. Because that relationship goes both ways. Yeah, because your people need to know you and need to know your heart. Right. Before you make you jump into these huge changes. Right, right. And and we're going to talk safety and security in a minute, because I Mm -hmm. I want to put a pin there to to say, except there are some situations that are different. And we're going to talk about that. Um, I think another thing that's really important for you to do in these first few months is to read as much as you possibly can read. Learn from people who have gone before you. You're either going to learn things that are great ideas that are going to help you, or you might learn, I never want to do that ever. Because <laughs> that's what I say about conferences. Oh. I love attending conferences. Even after all of these years of leading conferences and attending conferences, <laughs> I walk out of a conference either one, knowing something new, that I want to do to reminding me of something that I should have been doing that I haven't been doing or three, something that I will never do (laughs) ever. (laughs) Like I will never do that ever. But I walk away learning something and I think it's all beneficial to you. Yes. um, In the long run, if you are reading and learning and, you know, making sure that you're getting that professional development, if you have the ability to Mm -hmm. attend some conferences, Yeah. Oh, please do. Um, If you can't, which I have been at many churches where I had no budget to be able to go to a conference, doing things like listening to podcasts, to Mm -hmm. to following publishing companies and ministers on social media, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at the things on Pinterest and on Instagram and, you know, just gleaning as much information as you possibly can, Mm -hmm. reminding yourself that, not everything that they are doing is going to be great for your community and for your families, right, right. but it may give you a jumping off point 
or something that will be super beneficial to you and to your families and to your kids. And if you have the opportunity to go to a conference, don't fall into the temptation to think, oh, I don't have time for that. Right. Because it's an investment in you, in your ministry. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't, you don't have, it, it's too valuable. I don't want to say you don't have time to not, but like mm-hmm. it's too valuable. And it so. Really is. And, and we, so, we talked about that because yeah. we did an episode talking about why we love conferences so yeah. much. And, you know, we have, we have one actually, Dr. Virginia and I are speaking at Kids Matter Conference in September. There are so many opportunities for conferences all throughout the year. And so we can't stress enough how helpful it will be to you because not only does it get you excited, it, mm-hmm. it helps you meet other people, especially yes. if you live in a small community where there are not a lot of preschool directors, not a lot of preschool ministers. If you can make connections at yes. a conference with some people, you will find that to be, you can meet lifelong friends and people that can help you and encourage you. And so it's just vitally important that you find ways that you can make these connections. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's huge. And if there isn't that we know, we've said this before too, and I'll say it again, if, if you don't know of a community of leaders that you can connect with, it's not hard to create one. Because people long for it. (laughs) So just send out some emails to some other preschool leaders in your community and say, hey, do you want to bring lunch to my church at one o'clock on Friday? And we'll just sit and chat and just start your own group. It doesn't have to cost you any money. It doesn't have to, you don't have to provide a luncheon or do anything. Just get together with some other people that are in ministry that can help encourage you and pray Mm -hmm. for you and give you some ideas. Um, I think my last really big, huge piece of advice for for us talking about sort of the general overview of what to do when you come in to preschool ministry is that you understand that you're never going to make everyone happy. Amen. It's not possible. It's not possible. There there is never a situation. There is never an event. There is never a a lesson. There's never anything that everyone is just going to say, oh, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen the church do. Um, there are mm-hmm. always going to be people who have opinions. There are always mm-hmm. going to be people who are unhappy with things. There are mm-hmm. always going to be people that are going to try to challenge you. It's just the nature of the fallen world we live in. Mm-hmm. But God has placed you in this position for this time. Amen. God has given you the authority and the responsibility for your family and for your children. And so you have the ability to be able to step up with authority and lead. And that's what you've been called to do. And so don't let anyone that has the negative to say really discourage you, Mm -hmm. you know, listen to what they say and, and really be honest with yourself. Is this something that I should consider? Or is this something that really is not seen in a practical way? And be able to to take in what you need to take in from it and to release the negative because it's mm-hmm. it's not possible for you to make everyone happy. And right. that is not an indictment of the abilities that you have or the job right. that you are doing. Right. It is just the reality of the world we live in. Because mm-hmm. people have wildly different preferences. <laughs> wildly different viewpoints, wildly different experiences and expectations. And, and, you know, and you trauma just, and hurt yes, and, yes, and yes. stories that they have built in their own minds of what they're seeing when it comes mm-hmm. to church ministry. And right. so we have to take all of that with a grain of salt. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Amen. All right. So Dr. Virginia, are we ready to hit some practical first steps? Yes, I think we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that the one thing that I have in the past changed on day one, if I have needed to, when I have Mm. walked into leadership has been always have two leaders in every classroom. Oh, amen. Um, that is something that you need to evaluate day one. You need to look at each preschool classroom you have and the leaders that are there. And if there are not two adult leaders in each classroom Mm -hmm. for each time you have a program happening, Mm -hmm. that needs to immediately change Yep, because you are ultimately responsible Mm-hmm. liable for mm-hmm. the safety and security of your preschool hallway. Yep. And the, the very basic safety and security guideline that you have to be able to follow is that there are two adults with the children at all times. And yes. that might mean that you might have to combine some age groups that first week. You might have to fill in, you know, in some areas, which is something we, we, already have told you we'd rather you not be doing, but the the two leaders in a classroom rule is really the most important thing that you can follow. Amen. Amen. And, and just evaluating these different safety and security areas mm-hmm. and making those changes. And I will say that, you know, coming into my current position, there were a few things that I did change immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thank goodness, like those changes, because I was making them for increased safety and security, in my case, were not met with resistance. And that's unfortunately not true. That case all the time. I have met with great resistance with that just even my first week and and, in some situations. And that's a sad thing, Mm -hmm. but it is very true. So you do need to be Mm -hmm. prepared. You need to have your pastor backing you. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. that, yes. and we've, we've talked about this on episodes before, I, I had my hills that I would die on. Yes. You know, those moments where I walked into my pastor's office and said, I greatly respect you, mm-hmm. uh, but I need to talk to you about an issue that mm-hmm. is a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. And all of those hills were typically, you know, I'm not going to say they all were, but typically most of them were safety and security. security. It was having Mm -hmm. two adult leaders in a classroom Mm -hmm. and it was check-in systems, Mm -hmm. making sure that you have some way that when the parents come to the door, they are bringing some sort of paperwork, object, something to Mm -hmm. give to the teacher that's going to match the child that's Mm -hmm. going to allow them to pick up their child. Mm-hmm. And usually the great way, and like you just said, you talked about how that for you, a lot of times with it being safety and security, people, right. with people that. are more receptive. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it always worked really well for me to say, look, I am new here and I don't know your name yet. And so the yeah. reason why we're doing that my first Sunday is because I need to learn your children who, you know, which children are your right. children. I need to learn your names. I need to work right. on this. So I'm going to put a little label on the child that has their name and a number. And I'm going to give you a little card with your name and your yeah. number. 
And that way it's just going to help as you drop off and pick up today. Right. And so it's that, you know, those, those kind of were my, I had to make sure that those were in place in some way, you know, no matter what. Right. And so, um, because again, when it comes to liability, it doesn't matter if it's your first Sunday. Mm. It really, it doesn't. Amen. Um, and those are really the two basic safety and security things in my mind that, that for sure is, mm -hmm. you know, is, is a non-negotiable for mm -hmm. the ministry. I think really that, that safety and security has to be one of your first evaluations as you Absolutely. come in. I mean, that thing that you probably do start doing your very first week mm -hmm. is to look at the safety and security of your preschool hall, of mm -hmm. each classroom, of your policies. If you don't mm -hmm. have a policy to start thinking about mm -hmm. creating a safety and security policy, mm -hmm. and you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. There are a lot of examples online that you can pull yes. to sort of read through other yes. churches, safety and security policies so that you can say, Ooh, is that something that's useful for us? Is that something that would be helpful? Is that mm -hmm. something that we need to consider? Mm -hmm. um, another place that I usually recommend people start is that every state has guidelines for weekday preschool programs. They can be overwhelming, but basically they're a handbook yeah. for people who run daycares mm -hmm. in your community. And I say that it's really helpful because those are typically just the most basic legal guidelines mm -hmm. for safety and security in a preschool setting. Right, right. So it gives you a place to start. If you're not familiar with safety and security for preschool at all, that will give you a good place to start to kind of read through and to start thinking through, oh, these are the things about fire safety that I need to think about in a classroom. These are the things about health and wellness safety that I need to think about in a classroom. These are things about protection from predators. These are the things that, these are the things that are just the basic guidelines to follow. And it helps you to be able to develop that, but you want to read a lot of them. You don't want to just take one and just make that your own. You want to read as many of them as you can. That's what I was about to say is that, you know, and there, there are publishers, lots of the different publishing companies will also put out um, an example, you know, handbook for preschool and children's ministry. Your church you, insurance. Yes. Have we'll have example. lots of mm -hmm. resources for you as well. Your liability right. insurance company, but what you don't want to do is erase, you know, First Baptist Anywhere USA, and then just plop in your <laughs> your church yeah. name. You have to, um, as you are, even if you're working with a pre-existing document, even if it's an old policy from your own church, right. it's going to take a lot of heavy editing and thoughtful process right. Right. in order to make it your own. Right. So, And this is where that group of leaders can help you. If you can find maybe a doctor and a nurse and maybe uh, someone that works in your fire department or mm -hmm. someone that works in, in, a, in a school or in a preschool as well. Yeah. Right. A, a daycare program or mm -hmm. elementary school, or, mm -hmm. you know, if you can find those people in your church and say, mm -hmm. Would you mind meeting with us, you know, one time or, or two mm -hmm. times and just review our current safety and security policy? Mm -hmm. And let's just talk about what is uh, reasonable and what maybe we need to change. And is what there something not I'm not doing? seeing or not right. considering? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that I think that really mm -hmm. has to be 
priority one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's not a fun priority one. And I know mm-hmm. it's probably not what a lot of your church leaders are expecting to be your priority one. But um, it has to be. But it yeah. has to be. Yeah. yeah, especially in preschool ministry. It's just, it's, it's something that you're going to have to deal with a lot. And it's, and it's, again, your safety and security policy, your vision statements and your mission statements, those kinds of things are living, breathing documents. Mm-hmm. They are never completely done. And right. and I think that you, you need to kind of walk into the ministry with that mindset right. that I am constantly evaluating these things. That doesn't mean that you're rewriting them all the time or that you're constantly right. having to take time to, but they are documents that change as your ministry changes and grows. Yes. Yes. And so you have and, to be flexible in that. I was going to say, and as just expectations change, you know, I mean, we all went through the COVID-19 pandemic. And so that changed a lot of policies all in yeah. everywhere, all over the world, but right. in, within churches as well. And right. so um, right. you're right. Just keeping that a living, breathing document. Right. Absolutely. It's and, yeah. you know, and if you're trying to figure out where to start with safety and security, we do have from season one, some episodes, we have a general safety and security episode. We have an episode on check-in systems and policies. Um, We have an episode on child protection policies. And Mm -hmm. so those are some, that's just some additional resources that you can have as you are sort of getting started learning about all of this and um, developing policies for your own ministry. Now, I think after we've sort of like laid these like lines in the sand, (laughs) security is so important. I want us to talk a little bit about actually teaching the Bible to children. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I am incredibly passionate about is that preschoolers can learn Mm -hmm. the word of God. Amen. You know, they can talk, they can memorize scripture. They can. And and I've said this a hundred times in conferences and I will say it until I I keep thinking, this is probably what I want to have written on my tombstone (laughs) is that if we believe the Bible is the living, breathing word of God, then we have to believe that even if it's spoken over a child, it makes a difference in their lives. And so we might be the only time that infants, ones and twos have the word of God spoken over them when we are changing their diapers, when we are feeding Mm -hmm. them a bottle, when we Mm -hmm. are playing with the blocks, if we can just speak the word of God over them and pray for them and for their families just during that one hour. Can you imagine the difference in the life of that child, it just excites me um, to think about it. And so one of the things that I think is so important for a preschool director, for a preschool minister to realize is that you have the opportunity to share the word of God with children. And we don't need to waste that opportunity. And so we need to make sure that we are actually providing some kind of a lesson for babies, ones, twos, threes, fours, and kindergartners. Mm-hmm. Every single time they're in our care, Amen. that we do not look at our ministry as child care, but we mm-hmm. look at our ministry as teaching the word of God to preschoolers. 
Amen. And so I think that it's really important for us to make decisions about how we are going to teach these lessons and how are we going to provide the information to the leaders that are going to be teaching and how mm -hmm. do we help them become better leaders? And so I think that's another really important aspect to our ministry. And if you have a preschool ministry, if you're walking into a preschool ministry right now that has been primarily designed as childcare and they really don't have material, mm. I would just start out with even just a simple posting each week of Bible verses over mm -hmm. the changing tables in the mm -hmm. classroom, provide just a very simple Bible story mm -hmm. that a teacher can, even if they are just reading it off a sheet of paper right? while the kids are having a snack or while mm -hmm. they're playing with blocks, but just mm -hmm. start off by providing a very, very simple piece of material for them to use in the classroom with the desire that you are going to change the philosophy of mm -hmm. the church so that you are literally teaching a lesson each week eventually. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you cannot hand a teacher that's been primarily doing right. child care a book and a packet and just immediately right. expect them to just jump just in and start teaching a lesson yeah. because that's yeah. going to be overwhelming and they're not going to know what to do. You know, they, they have to learn how to do it. If preschoolers, and this is what I say, if preschoolers can talk, if they can memorize the entire soundtrack to Frozen 1, Frozen 2, Moana, all of it, yeah. they, can, <laughs> they, they can, can memorize scripture, they can. they can learn God's word. And so even if it's just starting with a story from a picture Bible and one song, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a great way to start. And, and particularly, I love songs like scripture songs. Right. Um, where kids are singing God's word and memorizing it through music. I mean, right. those are great ways to start and great things to just continue. I mean, oh, yeah. using music and all sorts of different things in, in your preschool ministry to start teaching kids the word of God. And yeah. it helps adults learn it too. Whenever you learn those Bible verses set to song and, you know, we can all sing it together. It so, and, and, and let me tell you this too. I, I totally understand that a lot of churches do not have a budget for a curriculum for materials for their preschool departments. And I, I get that. I've been there. I've done that. But let me tell you this. It doesn't have to be the latest and greatest, mm. all the bells and whistles, um, because the idea is this, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just mm -hmm. has to be the word of God. We have to trust mm -hmm. that Amen. God's word will not return void and that Amen. if we can speak it and lead it over the kids, then that is all that matters. Amen. And so there were many years where I would just find some extra leader guides from yeah. years past from other churches that were kind enough to donate to me. And then I would use those and we would, would, would pull stories and material. Even if I was just writing out what the teachers needed to do each morning you know, I, I found some way to make sure that our preschool leaders were teaching the word of God during the services. Amen. And so it's not an easy thing to do, but <laughs> I think it's really important for I us bet. to do. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what we're there for. We're helping awesome. families to be able to. Yeah. 
So as you're looking at your curriculum, you do have to look at your budget. So you will need to take a look at your budget for the year if you do have one and you have to prioritize what is important for me. And I can tell you this, any of the budget that can go to biblical study mm-hmm. or, or Bibles mm-hmm. or the materials that the teachers need to teach, that is way more important than any kind of goodies or toys or you know, any other thing that you might think that you need to have for your ministry. If you can invest your resources into that biblical teaching, that's huge. Um, But you do also need to, I know you do need to look at things like having plenty of diapers and wipes and making sure that you do have manipulatives and toys and things that you have to be able to teach those lessons. And that's one of the really great things that those kind of materials, you can usually encourage adult Sunday school classes to help sponsor, you know, if you ask for the church to bring in diapers one Sunday and do it, you know, a lot of times people will pick up a package of diapers and bring them for you to be able to use. My priority was to use the the diapers and the wipes and all of the things that the parents would bring, but but you do need to make sure you have some of those extra things for emergencies. Mm -hmm. And so if you're thinking, Ooh, I don't have the budget to be able to do that. Utilize the church membership. Because if they can do those kinds of things for you, they will do those kinds of things for you. They just need to know your need. What you need. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can just let them know. I was going to say, and I don't think I've ever, (laughs) ever had an issue. And maybe it's just me of not having enough um, like toys in the classroom. Right. (laughs) It's always been an issue of having the right kinds of toys, toys. having them not be broken, (laughs) having them be clean. So when I said that, yeah, it's like toys just seem to like just appear. (laughs) So okay, a lot of gotta rein them in. Leaders are very intimidated to say no, thank you. But it's okay to say no, thank you if it's things that you know that you shouldn't be using or can't use. Or one of my my favorite lines is if donating this. If we do not need to use this right now, do you mind if I pass it on to someone who can use it? Like to, you know, let them know that it's Mm going to be donated to, you know, another ministry or something if it needs to be. So over that first year, you're really going to just be looking at everything and, and it is overwhelming and we don't want to overwhelm you because you do have to think through your philosophy of ministry, what you believe and what your priorities are going to be and what the priorities mm-hmm. of your budget should be. And those things are re- reviewed every year anyway. I mean, those are, are mm-hmm. things that we always are constantly looking at. But your that first year, we don't want you to feel overwhelmed because it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just wanted to give you a few mm-hmm. key things to really kind of try to focus because it's so easy to be right. thinking about everything all at one time. Right. And you really do have to sort of, you know, temper, you know, that excitement into really being as practical as you possibly yes. can be. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So there are so many thoughts and considerations that are going to go through your mind mm-hmm. in this season of jumping into this new ministry and this new responsibility, but it kind of goes, goes back to the very start of the episode. We're talking about spending that time in prayer, um, spending that time in God's word, asking God for his direction for you and in, in what you need to be doing. Um, so just take little steps of daily faithfulness and obedience to be in prayer, to be in God's word, to follow God's direction for this day 
And, and before you know it, you are going to be able to look back on all that God has done yeah. in this season in you and through you and around you and the mm -hmm. people around you. And you're going to be able to look with amazement yes. at all that God has done just through taking these little steps of faithfulness and obedience each day. So God's got this. He's, He's got, got you here for a purpose. And he's going to work all of this in and through you. Yes, so. He is faithful. Amen. And it's all going to be okay. Well, we hope this has been helpful. We hope it's been encouraging. We hope it's not been overwhelming. We hope that we have, have been a voice of calm <laughs> in a storm that we can totally relate to. And we are praying for you that you really do find God's will for your ministry and that you are able to do great things for your families and for your kids. That's what we're praying for and what we know is going to be true. And so um, again, we just ask if this is your first time of listening to us that you will like and subscribe. Um, we do have um, our YouTube channel here um, where there is the video, but we also have this as a podcast audio through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, through Podbean. And uh, we do have uh, Instagram and Pinterest. And so we would love for you to check us out on some of the other socials. And we just greatly appreciate your time and you sharing your precious moments with us. And we just want yeah. to be able to meet you where you are. So please feel free to send us a comment, send us a question, ask for a particular topic for us to speak on. We would love to do that. Um, we thank you so very much for being with us today, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.